This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon, and happy Mardi Gras to you, my friend. Oh, yeah, it's Fat Tuesday, right? <laughs> As we are recording, it is Fat Tuesday. That is correct, sir. Uh, y'all, y'all got the beads up at the shop? Eat a little, we, little king cake here and there? You know, we have we have had plenty of king cake around the shop. We have not, uh, we, we're not really decked out, to be honest with you. No beads, no... Um, you know, nothing, uh, nothing crazy, but yeah, we've had several folks bring by a king cake and that's been really nice. So, uh, yeah, yeah man, things are going great. Uh, you know, just, uh, it is the season. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, we, uh, we've been having a fun time too. Uh, you know, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but shortly after we moved to Houston, uh, my cousin and her family moved here. Uh, and we, we've gotten the excuse to kind of get together for around Thanksgiving. We had what we called a text giving. Uh, and so for Mardi Gras this year, we got together <laughs> And had a Houston Gras. So we're wow. doing kind of a... Wow, we're, stre- Houston- we're stretching here. We're stretching. Well, you got to do what you got to do, right? Like, it's like <laughs> it's like a family gathering, but we don't have the majority of the family. So it's like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of start start our own thing. And so uh, anyway, yeah, we're, we've, uh, we, we had them over this weekend. And uh, the weekend before that, there was a, a neighborhood Mardi Gras parade. I think it was the second year they've done this, although the first year that we've done it. And uh, yeah, you know, how do I say this? You know, there's like, there's like people that celebrate Mardi Gras, and then people who who have never actually celebrated Mardi Gras for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, we roll up, and we we created this float, and originally it was going to be pirate themed, but but I kept on having issues with the mast, and so we created a float that, um, <laughs> you know, the kids wanted to go with the Queen Queen of Hearts is kind of their their theme, and so we had hearts everywhere. We used a lot of like leftover Valentine's uh, stuff that was on sale. We kind of bought that and. And decked out this uh, this wagon to be that's, the the Queen of Hearts float. That's hilarious! Wow. Yeah, and of course, you know, with my um, with my busted foot, I couldn't I couldn't participate. So it really, you know, it was uh, my wife was the one kind of <laughs> dragging them along the street. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, so they they were all in costume and had everything and had the beads out. We even got uh, red and gold and white beads to kind of be you know in, in theme with our our particular float. Yeah, well, we yeah. were all, we roll up. Literally everybody else is just straight up, you know, green, gold, and and like you know, purple, like frivolities. Like nobody has any kind of theme to their float. Nobody has any, you know, anything of that nature. It's just a uh, oh, we thought the theme would be Mardi Gras. And I was like, no, Mardi Gras is the that's the occasion. You gotta have a theme. You know, you gotta. You gotta it's a it's a combination of the two. But anyway, we we had a lot of fun and folks um, had to uh, a, get their you know get broken in. Yeah, it's one of those things where you exactly. know some some of the newbies just don't know how it works. But uh, no, that's they great, don't. man. That's that's cool that uh, your neighborhood in Houston was able to uh, to pull all that together. That's awesome. Houston Gras, yes, sir, man. Well, hey, uh, I gotta ask you, how are things going at the shop? Has the water? I mean, I know that the water never actually got to the shop level, but yeah, has, has man, that's received? right. We we really, uh, man, lucked out on this thing. We are incredibly fortunate and just and really thankful. Uh, just very, very thankful. Yeah, I mean, the shop. Uh, you know, we were um, for those if you didn't tune into last week's episode, we uh, you know had a flood here locally in Jackson where the Pearl River kind of burst its peaks, and we came pretty close, but it didn't uh, didn't quite get up to us. We were you know we could see it creeping up towards the parking lot there, but we uh, we escaped, and it actually they they said the river was going to crest at a certain level, and then it crested uh, about a foot uh, beneath that, and so uh, we really really dodged a bullet, but incredibly thankful, just um, so so thankful and moved by all the uh, listeners and and you know longtime friends that um, that actually called us and asked us you know mm-hmm. hey how are you doing we even had folks that offered to drive from you know <laughs> states away to uh, you know help us move furniture and all that kind of stuff and wow. um, it, it was it was really moving so anyway I, I, we're very grateful obviously for all that and just um, just thankful that uh, that we're dry so uh, yeah things are things are good man <laughs> good um, man I'm yeah dude you know it, it, it's exciting it would have been uh, pretty tough you know, get to get ready because of course we've got our big event, uh, this, this coming Friday, Eric Nording is coming to the country squire, which we're the man himself, the, the myth man himself. himself. Yep. And, uh, all the way from Denmark, man, it's gonna be great. It's an Eric Nording, uh, joint event with, uh, Rocky Patel cigars. And so, uh, really, really excited about that. Going to be, going to be nice. So, um, yeah. So if you're in our area, please come by and, and, uh, and hang out for that. Should be good. You know, we've done a Nording specific 
uh, episode before, but it's been a minute. Like I, I would love to do a uh, a deep dive into not necessarily Nording the company, but Eric Nording the man. You know, yeah. kind of a ballad of Eric Nording type episode, <laughs> uh, which There'd of course he would of material. You know, he would never listen to, which which makes it all the all the all the more glorious. I think I think it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> like you know, it's one of those things. You know, we. Uh, you know, we've got we've got such a great audience, and especially in this industry. And um, you know, some of the we've got we've got some amazing pipe carvers and, and industry names that that uh, we're very honored that tune in. But then there's some of like there's some folks that you know, like they they don't listen, but you know everybody around them does. And I just yeah. feel like we would give like his entire crew like such a kick by by doing like the ballad of Eric <laughs> Norting. I guarantee he couldn't get through five minutes of the episode, but I think it'd be hilarious if we uh, if we did that. <laughs> I love Eric, I man. I I'm, I'm I'm so stoked that he's coming to the shop. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting, and we're um we're just thrilled thrilled and honored to have him. So uh, could be one of his last tours here to the United States. He's uh he's getting advanced, uh you know uh, in age, and so we'll uh, we'll see where it goes. We're just honored to have him uh, at the Squire. So should be a lot of fun, uh, man. Uh, one other thing I've got to mention. This was this was so cool. Of course, last week was uh, International Pipe Smoking Day, February twentieth. We had a, a really fun episode, just kind of unpacking that. Folks really ate up the, uh, you know, the 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 Raptor Steve, uh, you know, leaving uh, <laughs> leaving church wardens in their uh, their socks on their front porch, and yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I, I think that's I think this has got a future. If we we can, we really have create, contributed. Yes, we we can really create a lore around this, and then you know maybe delete the episodes that uh, that are associated with it, so that people don't know where it came from. So it's truly <laughs> like a, yes. a, a mis- you know that way you know if if you tell these you know lore, these stories to your kids, and then you know they can't dig around and find out the genesis of this thing so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll work brilliant. on that we, yeah <laughs> we really want to make love it special. Man. but uh <laughs> man you know international pipe smoking day we had such a great time with that and um man just a lot of fun around the shop and um neat seeing what people were doing uh you know worldwide but um man our friends up in michigan of course cody dewent and uh and those guys they had their fundraiser for robbie Ooh, yes sir the smoke them if you got them fundraiser and man it I, I really I want to mention a couple things. So number one, they raised for Pipe Carver Robbie, who has the the mantle cell lymphoma. Um, he they raised thirty two hundred dollars for. Whoa, him. that is awesome! It that is, is awesome! Unbelievable how much they raised for him, and it is just such a um, it, man, such a cool thing. I'm just really proud of Cody and those guys for um, you know, putting all that together. But um, one thing I want to mention, we had tons of listeners who. Uh, who jumped on board with this thing? And, and that, you, you, Country Squire Radio listener, were a really big part of making mm. this uh, a success. I was watching the live stream as they were, uh, you know, pulling raffle items out of the hat, and um, you know, it was it was cool because a lot of the folks, um, you know, that won were folks that um, you know that were Country Squire Radio listeners and and that bought raffle tickets, uh, you know, because they because they heard about it here. So um, we we were just so happy to be a small part of that. I want to thank each and every one of you yes. uh, who participated in that, who who bought those raffle tickets to uh, support Robbie and uh, just such a good cause to, to help his family through this really tender time. So uh, thanks so much, man. Awesome, awesome effort by, uh, you know, some pipe enthusiasts to support a, a fellow, you know, a pipe carver and a good friend and, uh, and someone who just has a, a really uh, wonderful spirit. And we, um, we're, we're really, really thrilled about how it came out. So um, anyway, th- thanks a bunch to all the people who participated in that. Man, we got some superheroes. Y'all, y'all are y'all are truly the heroes of the bowl. We thank y'all so much for uh, for your support there. That's that's incredible mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, man, uh, you know we've got coming up uh, in just a a very short amount of time here, March twenty eighth. That's about a month away. The uh, Lunt to Remember in Jackson, Mississippi. So this is going to be a a super show of its own in its own right because, of course, we will be doing a live Country Squire Radio. We might be doing two live Country Squire Radios. We may be doing a live Squire Select on site. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be incredible, and I got to tell you, man. You know, in terms of, uh, you know, I know everybody's been glued to their their headphones, wondering how I'm doing with my foot. Uh, foot Watch 2020, I think has been. Uh, uh, I think I've seen that hashtag going around nowhere. The official hashtag, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just blowing up, and uh, no. So, uh, but no, my I to, like as of a couple days ago, I've I've started walking around at least the house with no boot. I mean, like you know, the the foot's tender. Wow. Yeah. But like I can I can move around. I'm not supposed to like my doctor would get on to me if I was actually doing this. But 
but like I'm starting to feel it. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I feel yeah. like my body's healthy. I'm ready for this. And so <laughs> I go in next week for my uh, x-ray where my doctor will hopefully tell me that I will be lunt ready. That is going to be the question that I have above all other questions. Am I uh, lunt so, ready? Am I, I lunt ready? I want to, I want to, you know, get a really good report on how you uh, explain this to your doctor and then, uh, <laughs> and then obviously what he says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, 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 no. Uh, she's a, she's an amazing doctor. She is an amazing doctor. Uh, John David. Uh, oh, good. That, that's right. Get, get it, get it right. Get it right. Get it, get it right. Get it right. No, no, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, it'll be interesting to, uh, to see what the response is, but no, I gotta get, I'm, I'm hoping to be lunt ready, man. Cause it's going to be a blast. Uh, so join us March 28th. If you haven't already gotten your, uh, your plans made, make them. And, um, yeah, it's going to be, yep. it's going to be one for the history books. Yeah. Go to lunting.org and you can find out all the information and please sign up just so we have an idea, uh, you know, of who's coming and everything. We've got folks literally coming from, um, you know, corners of the country. It's going to be a blast. So, um, anyway, please come and, uh, and a big thanks again to, um, you know, our friends at Missouri Meersham, uh, Briarworks, uh, Pipe, makers um and then also uh scandinavian tobacco group lane peter stokeby uh, all these guys are coming to show up at the event to make it even more of a special time so we're just so thankful for their sponsorship that's incredible awesome man well hey i gotta give a, a shout out real quick uh before we go into club members we've got um some new uh new club club members this week but i gotta give a shout out to uh, to nate from the backlog breakdown podcast who had me on this week uh, it's a podcast uh, about video games. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a group for those uh, like you and I who are, are kind of subscribed to uh, Reformed Theology, uh, but also enjoy video games because, uh, you know, there's, there can be a stigma in some communities there. Although I have to admit, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, made comment on the show, as somebody who grew up in a Presbyterian youth group, I don't know that we ever had a youth group growing up that didn't involve GoldenEye or like <laughs> Mario Kart or you played a lot Brothers. of Nintendo 64 coming around, right? <laughs> oh, big time, man. Nintendo 64, you know, it was it was yep. Jesus and Nintendo 64 and not always in that order based on whoever <laughs> the, uh, the youth right? leader was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so uh so yeah, so uh, good good chat happening over there, the Backlog Breakdown podcast. And again, uh thanks to Nate who's uh, a listener of CSR and uh, a pipe enthusiast in his own right. Man, we've got uh, some great patrons joining us, new club members at the Squire level. We got two of them. I love this man. We got the Trout Whisperer, which Trout is I'm Whisper. assuming that's his God-given name. That's that's, I, that's that was his baptized name, right? Exactly, uh, Child of the Covenant, Trout Whisperer. <laughs> and then also we got uh, Clark Fox joining us as well at the Squire level. Clark actually wrote into the show, so we'll have a little bit more from him at the end of it. But uh, welcome, Trout and Clark. That's great. That's great. Thank yeah, you man. so much for uh, for your support. Absolutely. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio today. All right. Okay. So this is awesome, man. I always love whenever we get to tackle a topic for the show that comes directly from listener feedback. Yeah. Listener so, driven. Absolutely. Last week we mentioned that uh, John Marty wrote into the show and he had kind of two questions, one which was our pipe question last week, but the other, because it was tied to something that we had discussed in the, and I mean, early, early days of Country Squire Radio, it just made sense that perhaps it was time to revisit this topic. And so I'm, I'm going to actually kick off this episode by jumping back to his uh, question that he asked. And again, this is coming from John Marty. He yeah. says, JD, I hear you calling stems made, a, uh, made of hard rubber ebonite. I've been smoking for over 25 years and have only ever heard them referred to as vulcanite. Is there a difference between the two? And if so, what is it? So that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are all about the stems on this particular episode as we dive <laughs> into the differences between ebonite, vulcanite, and more? It, more? I Well, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> ebonite and vulcanite, <laughs> we really want to just discuss, uh, yeah, what the difference is, but what are these materials uh, yes. you know, that are so important to pipe making? And, you know, it, as I was preparing for today's uh, topic, it was, it was funny because I, I realized how much effort and time we give to every other piece of the pipe except the stem like mm. you, you know like when we've we've discussed you know it just uh constantly uh you know what what the pipe itself is made of and um you know even accents to the pipe and uh you know ways of adorning a pipe or you know certainly all the tobacco and everything that you put in the pipe but we've never we've never you know taken a lot of time um 
you know, to talk about the the actual material that is used for the stem of the pipe. And 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 it's funny because this is the most intimate part of the pipe, right? <laughs> it's right. the pipe. It's the part that you put in your mouth, and uh, and uh, over and over, it's the part that you know you're most. Um, most keen on making sure is comfortable and uh, fits just right and is real clean and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, man, yeah, ebonite and vulcanite, like what, you know, what is this stuff? And then, of course, what's the difference? And, um, you know, what, what what's in a name and where, where did all this come from? So um, we, we throw these terms around a lot, right? Lucite, um, you know, acrylic, uh, vulcanite, ebonite, amber, uh, you know, and, and John has a good uh, a good point here. We do we do throw them around, and folks, you know, traditionally have um, referred to it as either vulcanite or ebonite. Um, and you know, so we a lot of times there's some confusion about this. You hear lucite, you hear acrylic. Uh, folks, you know, have these kind of uh, you know cult definitions about what they what they are. And so um, mm. you know, what what are what are we talking about here? When someone says ebonite or vulcanite, we're talking just you know in broad brushstrokes about that soft. Uh, stem material uh, that is most traditional for pipe making. So if you're thinking about if you're thinking about pipe smoking, you know um, th- those older pipes and 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 a lot of newer pipes that um, you know have those really beautiful uh, soft rubber stems that um, you know have just a really nice uh, feel on your mouth. Uh, you know they they tend to oxidize a little bit, so they can be a little more high maintenance. But um, we're talking about you know if you found a pipe from 60 years ago, there's a there's almost a 95 percent chance probably that that stem was made out of um, of vulcanite or or mm-hmm. ebonite. Um, you know, it's just a very traditional material. It's soft. It's easy to work with. Um, you know, it's highly customizable. It's fun for the carver to to work with because of its uh, properties. But um, but it, but it's also kind of weird. You know, it oxidizes. It's got uh, you know, it, so it turns these you know yellow, white, green colors. It can be kind of uh, a, kind of unnerving. You know, if you're trying to keep your pipes really uh, really sharp looking. Um, you know, you can get uh, teeth marks in them real easily, and so uh, it's one of those things where you have to be a little more a little more careful with them. But um, but what what are we talking about here? This material Material is a hard rubber. So even though we say soft, um, you know, when we're talking about a pipe, um, you know, it's soft in in comparison to like the hard clackiness of of a um, of a lucite bit, you know, an acrylic bit, something that's got mm, that mm-hmm. uh, clacky, uh, you know, kind of um, you know, clacky te- you texture. Lo- I, I don't know how else to say it. Do you have any adjectives huh. that would be helpful, Bo? I'm not I'm not sure. It's that it's that uh, you know uh, thing where it's it's just hard on your teeth, you know, compared to the uh, compared to the ebonite. So yeah, I mean, it's. Um, <sighs> clacky is just such an interesting i've never <laughs> like I, I can't think of a better word but but that's not the word i would think of. but i also don't know what that means yeah <laughs> exactly i guess it, it, it's funny it's like that's the it, in my mind that's the noise that my teeth make as they okay all right as they I'm, chatter on the on the stem <laughs> i'm picking up what you're putting down now okay all right that does make some sense yeah it's it, it's it's funny you know so it, we've got this it's it's actually a hard rubber when you think of rubber uh we're thinking of something you know pliable bendable all that and so you think of a pipe stem and you're like well you know it's not really bendable i mean it is if you put heat on it or something but um you know ebonite is a hard rubber it's something you know it's it's soft compared to the acrylic lucite that's why we call it soft but but it is a hard rubber Uh, it was invented in the mid 19th century by the goodyear family what any uh you know the name goodyear you might think that they uh probably have a vested interest in some rubber products maybe something that we use today to uh to get around uh you know on on in our cars and so uh yeah the goodyear tire family man they they you know experimenting with some of these uh, materials invented this uh vulcanized rubber uh ebonite is technically a brand name um but it's thrown around a lot for uh, for this material, and so uh, you know, think um, think you know how we talk, you know, when you're when you're reaching for that thing to blow your nose with, we don't really we did we t- a lot of folks don't call it a mm. tissue; they call it a Kleenex. Kleenex. You know? It's it's a it's yeah. a Kleenex. You know, uh, when, when you're uh, typing, even though it's a tissue, when, when you're typing in, uh, you're saying, hey, let's uh, put in your search engine this. Well, you're going to Google it, right? I mean, that's just kind of that's the right, yeah. vernacular, and so uh, ebonite is actually a uh, 
um, a brand name for this that uh, has been kind of used, you know, over the last, you know, 150 years to um, it just, you know, become a, a, a generic word for it. it. It's vulcanized rubber. Uh, and, and so a lot of folks, uh, you know, in the industry that, you know, aren't familiar with pipes at all, they'll just refer to this as hard rubber. Uh, it's, a, it's a hard rubber. Vulcanized rubber, uh, they take natural rubber. And when I say natural rubber, we're talking about a rubber tree. There, you know, there, there's a tree that produces this, um, you know, latexy material, and that's what uh, we make rubber out of. It's, uh, right. it's it's literally a rubber tree, and so people, uh, you know, a, a lot of, you know, you've probably heard that before, rubber tree, but never really thought much about it. And so, um, you know, the genesis of where your pipe uh, stem is coming from, uh, you know, might be somewhere far away in a place like Indonesian rubber trees. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, that's wild. I, yeah. this is going to sound like a very, very weird connection here, but the first time I learned about rubber trees, <laughs> so is country squire radio. That's well, this we is it. true. <laughs> thus, thus is country squire radio. You remember, you remember back in the day when we played the Oregon trail, like yeah. every single kid our age, yeah. like played the Oregon trail in school. And that was school. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> there was a, there was like a, a follow-up slash pseudo sequel to that game. That was like, I feel like it was like the Amazon river. Does that sound familiar at all? I, it does. It doesn't for me. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, you know, and this this was after you know after the Oregon Trail defined our elementary experience. So I think it was like, <laughs> you know, the first like home computer that we had uh, probably came with this you know Amazon River, the sequel to the Oregon Trail, or something of that nature. <laughs> and one of the resources that you had to ga- gather was rubber from rubber trees. And I thought that was like at first I thought it was a joke. Like I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. that rubber literally came from trees. It's like when um, you play Minecraft and you know you you the the way you uh, you know get um, iron ore is to go punch the wall or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You punch <laughs> punch trees for wood. You punch the wall for wood for uh, iron. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> but no, this is legit. So there are rubber trees. There are rubber trees. Yeah, I mean, and and so the the vulcanization process, they take this natural rubber and they they heat it with. Um, with sulfur, actually, uh, which makes a, the rubber very hard. It gives it, uh, li- literally changes the chemical properties of the rubber uh, to, to give it a, you know, a rigidity that just it does, it does not naturally have. They, sometimes it's also used with uh, linseed oil, uh, less regularly. But, uh, you know, the idea originally came from uh, heating with sulfur. And so uh, I'm not mm. a chemist. I can't describe that process, you know, uh, at, at length. Uh, but, you know, that's kind of the idea there uh, or with the linseed oil. And so, um, you know, it, it's hardening this rubber for tons and tons uh, of uses. Uh, what, what is what is it used for? Well, you know, you, you would think, okay, Mr. Goodyear invented these uh, this this vulcanized rubber, this hard rubber, this ebonite, and I would imagine he would find more uses other than just making pipe stems, right? For the, <laughs> for this uh, this incredible mm-hmm. invention. So um, obviously has other uses. Uh, it's formerly used formerly used uh, in bowling balls. Actually, uh, it, very early oh, in the twentieth wow. century, uh, most bowling balls were made out of ebonite, uh, which is huh. kind of interesting. So yeah. and you think about it, it kind of makes sense, right? That uh, you know, kind of soft. Uh, material. I, I, I'm saying soft against hard rubber, but it's kind of got that soft feel in your hand. It's uh, you know, kind of that nice, you know, what you feel when you rub your pipe stem. <laughs> sure. And yeah. uh, you know, uh, used on a bowling ball there, not as much anymore. Um, hockey pucks. Uh, this is a place where uh, ebonite is used. Um, several electrical uses. Uh, different kinds of uh, you know, uses uh, in in electrical uh, in the electrical field arena. Um, fountain pens, uh, lots and lots of crossover with the fountain pen world. Uh, the pen uh, bodies can be turned out of ebonite. Uh, the nib feeds, where the ink flows up into the into the uh, gold or, or stainless steel nib, uh, a lot of times that is made of ebonite. Uh, very interesting specific uses for this stuff. Um, in the music world, uh, saxophone and clarinet mouthpieces uh, are often made of ebonite because uh, it they are very uh, it's very, um, you know, moisture resistant and all that kind of stuff. Uh, guitar picks uh, sometimes are made of ebonite. Um, and there's some clarinets actually that are made 100% of ebonite uh, wow. because of how durable it is and, and how it can deal with the uh, humidity and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, it's just got a bunch of different uses, right? It's, uh, it's kind of crazy. So can I assume that Mr. Goodyear has a patent on this material? 
You know, I, I'm actually not sure about that. If he did, huh. it probably has lapsed. Uh, you know, but uh, and to be honest, I, I didn't really do any research into that. But you know, with Ebonite being the kind of uh, uh, you know historical brand name of this of this stuff, I would think that uh, there probably was some type of patent that. Uh, you know, uh, that came about and, and um, you, you know, and, and, and probably still exists, you know, maybe some type of combination of the rubber with sulfur. I, I don't know. I, sure, I just don't, yeah. don't really know how that works. But yeah, you know, it, it, it lots of folks now um, make this stuff, produce this stuff. Um, in, in pipes, you know, again, we're talking about this hard rubber, but it is a uh, soft uh, material compared to acrylic. Uh, it can be molded easily. Uh, it, it can be sanded very easily, uh, turned on a lathe. Um, it, it's it's fun, from what I understand uh, from pipe carvers. Uh, it, it, it's it's really fun to work with because it's very uh, moldable, very pliable. You can sand it to get it very thin compared to other materials, you know, stem materials. So so the stem on a on a very premium pipe can be very very thin, which makes it incredibly comfortable and uh, and visually appealing to the smoker. Um, it's quiet to turn, and so when you're turning it on a lay that uh, just has this kind of quiet hum to it, it's interesting. You should go uh, look at, uh, you know, someone, there, there's YouTube videos and elsewhere, uh, you know, videos of folks that are uh, turning ebonite on a lathe, uh, huh. you know, to either make a, uh, you know, a, a piece of a, uh, of a pipe or... Um, you know, a, a fountain pen or something of that nature. And so it, it's, it's got this soft kind of warm hum to it. It's really interesting as it's turning on the lathe. And so, um, the only thing is it, you know, this stuff as, as, as you're working with it, apparently it smells really, really bad. And <laughs> so Burnt rubber, uh, or heated rubber normally does. Yeah, that, no, that, I mean, that, which makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, burnt burnt rubber, you know, you think of the guy squealing his tires or something, or, you know, uh, I don't know, and just that terrible smell that comes around. So I think that is probably something that, uh, you know, folks are um, are not too thrilled with when they're working with it. But uh, as far as, you know, handling the material itself, I, I think it's pretty pretty satisfying um it also can dull tools uh, really quickly and so a lot of uh, workers you know pipe makers when they're when they're dealing with this material they have to um you know constantly sharpen their uh you know their uh, implements and things of that nature so hmm. So what's the difference? What is the difference between uh, ebonite and vulcanite? Well, it's the same thing. <laughs> it is it is the same thing. Hard rubber uh, is referred to as vulcanite, and and ebonite is a um, you know is a is kind of a brand of that. Uh, and that that brand name has kind of taken on uh, you know folks use it um, interchangeably. And so um, you know a lot of pipe carvers what they do is they they use these code words to to let you know that they're working with a material that's more premium or um, more um, more uh, handmade rather than manufactured in a mass you know market kind of way uh, and so what a lot of what a lot of folks you know these premium pipe makers they'll distinguish they'll say um, you know they'll say that the a pre-made stem that where you know if they're if they made a pipe and they stuck a stem on the end of it that was pre-made a lot of times they'll call that a vulcanite stem um, and then and then you know the the premier you know pipe carver uh, that's making these really high quality uh, very ornate or uh, precise uh, you know hand cut uh, stems on the pipe they'll call they'll refer to that as ebonite as kind of a way of you know saying hey this is this is nicer than a pre-made stem this is something mm. that I you know put a whole lot of time into in making we've talked in the past about you know a lot of these pipe carvers they will spend as much time on the stem of the pipe or more actually than they will on the bowl of the pipe of the stummel um, and so you know it's just kind of neat to think of all the work that went into that and so they they want you to know hey I you know this is this is not something that uh, you know, I bought off of eBay and then stuck on the end of this pretty piece of wood. This is, <laughs> right. this is something I made, you know? Um, mm. and so what, what happens, you know, a, a lot of times they've, you, well, when you think about how this stuff is, is, you know, produced or is used by the pipe maker, um, you know, if, if a pipe maker is making a stem out of, 
uh, you know this this vulcanite. What they're what they're doing is they they get a literally a piece a rod of this material. It's it comes in a rod like a dowel rod, um, and they're going to turn it uh, on a lathe and then and then start sanding it and filing it to get to uh, the shape that they desire and the thickness and and all that stuff. And every little piece of the of the pipe stem is is made of that. And so um, you know the, your premier premium pipe makers that's how they're going to make uh, their their ebonite stems is they're going to um, you know, use that, um, you know, just from a, from a blank rod, it's like working almost from a raw material kind of thing. Um, with, with, you know, when folks refer to a vulcanite stem, a lot of times what they're saying is, well, this was, you know, the liquefied, uh, vulcanite liquefied material that was poured into a mold, uh, to make these pre-made pipe stems. And so, uh, we, we took the liquefied material, poured it into a mold, just like you would any other kind of mold and, and made these, uh, you know, pre-made stems, and we made uh, you know ten thousand of them, and then sold them on eBay or sold them uh, you know wherever. Um, and so you know maybe on in your favorite basket pipe or something of that nature. So the material is the same, um, but there are a, a few you know little differences between a a pre-made stem and a hand-cut stem. A lot of times those pre-made stems uh, something in that uh, li- liquefaction process, and then pouring into the molds make them a little more likely to oxidize so uh so that can kind of happen and um you know just something to keep in mind but um but yeah ebonite and vulcanite same material uh same thing a lot of times folks in the pipe world will use ebonite as a code word for hey this is a this is a handmade product uh as opposed to the vulcanite which has been poured into a mold but um but yeah it's the same material same exact material wow would you say that that distinction is logical um, not really. Yeah. I mean, I, I, no, I, I think, you know, a lot of times we're constantly looking for something to, um, you know, distinguish this from that or, mm. uh, to give a product an edge. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to, uh, go, you know, use the word ebonite. Uh, I think it's, um, you know, it, it's a it's a pretty word to say, and <laughs> you well, know a lot of a lot of stems are uh, a black, or, you know, black in color, and so you think of ebony uh, and that that type of thing. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I tend to use the word ebonite, but um, but that is kind of the convention in uh, you know the pipe world is to use uh, you know the word vulcanite on a uh, maybe a pre made stem or a you know a not as nice uh, you know a vulcanite stem. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just uh, to each his own but you know really it's it it, to me it doesn't make a lot of sense (laughs) so so you wouldn't say that uh the you know the the going that route would help it to live long and prosper uh it 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 could actually uh there there (laughs) there uh i i don't know that you know it you have no on, idea what I'm doing, do you? I, I do. I do. Okay. I, I'm, I'm very aware. I, you know, I'm just trying to think of. I, I'm trying to think of how to contribute to to this. Uh, I, You're I saying know. it's a good enterprise, really. When it, Ebonite it's was a, a good enterprise, it's a, it's a good enterprise. That's <laughs> it, it, a it's a great enterprise. It is. <laughs> um, yeah. No. It, it especially. Uh, you know. You. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I've got nothing to add to that. Yeah, go, just <laughs> well, go watch Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me ask um, you this: of of the pipes that you have, I mean, we all know that yeah. that um, you know you're you're you've got quite the extensive collection slash inventory. What one day it's it's your collection, the next day it's your inventory, or one day it's your inventory, <laughs> and the next day it's your collection. But, yeah, sometimes uh, it goes back and forth. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'm kind of curious. Would you say that that your preference in terms of not necessarily even like your preference in terms of smoking, but in in terms of like your collection. Do you have more uh, ebonite or do you have more acrylic? Yeah, I am decidedly in the ebonite camp. Yeah. yeah. I, of course, I have acrylic stem pipes. I have, uh, you know, uh, one Costello that is just, uh, you know, beautiful. I love it. Smokes great. Uh, you know, several Savinelli's uh, and, a, you know, a couple other brands, uh, Briarworks pipes and um, you know various brands that that use acrylic stems that are uh, that are are great smokers and and fun to smoke. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm in the ebonite camp. I, I love the material. I, I love how uh, thin the premium pipe makers can get the material uh, to make it um, you know super comfortable in your mouth. How they can uh, very precisely mold the button 
of the stem, the very end where it kind of flares mm-hmm. up to to grab onto your teeth. That button they can they can get that really really precise with this uh, this soft uh, rubber, and so um, I, I just love it. I, I'm a sucker for it. I think um, it, you know it doesn't bother me at all that the stuff oxidizes and turns all kind of weird, Brown you know, and, cheese colors and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, it, you know, traditionally English and Danish pipe makers used ebonite. Think of those double comfort stems on the Sheraton that had that real uh, kind of double step down. Uh, hmm. That they, they were able to use the ebonite for that because it you know it required something that they could uh, be very precise with. Danish pipe makers, uh, you know, typically uh, a lot of historic. Uh, Eric Nording pipes are, are made with, uh, you know, that, that ebonite. The Italian school, premium Italian school, tends to lean towards acrylic. And so uh, you'll never see, to my knowledge, a, a Costello, Seriacopo, um, you know, La Natra. You'll never see, you know, to my knowledge, any of those brands with a uh, ebonite stem. They will all have acrylic stems. Uh, so, it's, you know, it's just kind of a preference for, uh, you know, different, um, you know, different styles, different, you know, parts of the world have different preferences and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, that's, um, you know, for whatever reason, your English and Danish typically uh, favor the ebonite, your high-end Italian are going to go towards uh, towards acrylic. Um, you know, and, and ebonite, you think of, okay, this boring black material, you can't really do a lot with it. Well, not so fast, my friend. They, you know, over the years, they've really uh, made this stuff, uh, they've developed a lot of fun colors. And so even though we, you know, we call it ebonite, I, I call it ebonite, you can call it vulcanite or whatever, but, you know, the, the ebonite, you, you think ebony, black, well, there nowadays there's uh, all kinds of fun colors uh, that, that make ebonite. When we talk about um Cumberland pipe stems, for instance, the uh, Cumberland is not not a material. It's just the the really the color of a pipe stem. We refer to uh, the brown and and or red and black uh, kind of brindle colored stem as a Cumberland stem. That's just what we refer to as that. I think that originated from uh, from Dunhill, as as many things have. Um, and, and so you know, we just Cumberland is not the material. It's just the kind of the color and the design that's on the stem. It's ebonite, but it's just got those uh those little striations going through there and um you know over the years you know especially nowadays folks have gotten really really crazy with all kinds of colored uh you know ebonites uh vault blue green uh red orange and a lot of these are brindled as well and so you, you'll have the little striations that are kind of mixed with uh either different colors or you know black and blue black and green um there's just some really really pretty uh combinations that are out there um and and then solid colors as well and so uh, you'll have that soft, uh, really kind to the mouth material, but it'll be, um, you know, a, a really vibrant blue or a really, uh, you know, ruby rich red, you know, which is just, uh, you know, a lot of fun, a real statement maker, but also really soft on your teeth and um, and just a, a really, you know, premium smoking experience. So, um, the, you know, big tradition of making this stuff uh, since the late 19th century. Uh, we, we see a lot of this coming out of Germany. Japan has a big tradition of making uh, high quality ebonites. A lot of their, uh, materials used for, uh, creating these world-class fountain pens, uh, you know, uh, pipe materials as well, but, but a lot of fountain pens are made out of this stuff. It's soft, it's easy to work with, you can get really ornate with it, it it's comfortable in your hand, uh, you know, it's just a really good, uh, you know, material for making, uh, making a high-quality fountain pen. So, um, so yeah, man, we, we nerded out today on the material that, <laughs> That you put in your mouth when you smoke your pipe, and uh, and that is ebonite slash vulcanite. And there you of go. Of all of all the of all the pieces of the pipe, probably the most important to know about for that very reason. Yeah, what are um, you putting in your mouth? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll never right. forget. Like like one again. You know, this kind of goes back to those early episodes. But one of our earliest episodes was was uh, along with this was talking about estate pipes, and yeah. I expressed at the time just how. Um, how uncomfortable estate pipes made me feel yeah. because of like, you know, the fact that like, well, this is going into somebody else's mouth and now it's going to go into your mouth. And, and yeah. I think you were the one that pointed out like, yeah, but that's the case of every single fork in every single restaurant ever or something of that <laughs> nature. And I'm like, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. And then you can clean this stuff. (laughs) And you have not eaten out since then. Right. (laughs) No, 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 no. But uh, every every time we go out to eat, Bo, you're always bringing your little plastic spork, you know? Yeah. Always, always uh, bringing my own uh, utensils. Of course, of course. But no, no, this is good stuff. And uh, it's, it's great to, to revisit and, 
um, you know, kind of get uh, some perspective there. You know, you mentioned that right now your collection is uh, really more in kind of the Ebonite camp. You know, when we did originally talk about it, that was the case with mine as well. But I think that my preferences have shifted, even though my collection necessarily hasn't shifted. I find that yeah. I actually go for the acrylic pipes more so than the pipes with ebonite. Mm-hmm. Uh, only, I mean, in terms of, uh, well, you know, actually, as I'm saying this, I wonder if that's true. Because I, with the pool and everything, I do find that I enjoy a Missouri Mearsham pipe a lot more, um, you know, as kind of a, on a regular basis, more so than some of my... Uh, say more uh, more expensive, more fancy pipes from that from that standpoint. Uh, but when I do go for kind of like a briar pipe, I generally do go for an acrylic. And actually, you know what? On top of that, that Cornell and Deal pipe that uh, Missouri Mearsham made, you know, with yeah. the, uh, the the red ac- acrylic, yeah, that's kind of been my go to lately. So I I think overall I I am both a a, a strong fan of the uh, acrylic, although always a fan of the ebonite, and certainly yeah. always a fan of the good pipes from our friends at. Missouri Mearsham. <laughs> of course, that is absolutely true. And we are so thankful that they helped make this podcast happen. Uh, man, a lot of different uh, shapes and styles at Missouri Mearsham, uh, the American pipe making uh, giant uh, there in Washington, Missouri. And uh, today we're talking about the Missouri Pride corncob pipe. Uh, the Missouri Pride um, is a beautiful pipe. It's a very simple pipe. It's got the natural corncob finish uh, there. It's kind of got that rough uh, exterior that's pleasing on your hand. It's got that uh, kind of, uh, you know, where you can feel the husk of the actual corn. It's really, uh, really nice. Uh, the all-natural medium-sized bowl uh, has a classic Fifth Avenue shape. Um, and the it's Missouri Pride is a filtered pipe uh, that comes with a black bit. And, uh, you know, one of the great things about this particular pipe, um, it's handsome. Uh, it's very classic. It feels good in your hand because of that natural cob finish. Um, but it's only $5.39 retail. <laughs> so, man, just such a great value, um, especially if you're looking for a filtered pipe, uh, something to tote around every day that you know is going to smoke dry and cool. And, uh, and of course, we know Missouri Mearsham Pipes um, excel in that the filter really aids with this it's something that uh, is going to collect that extra saliva to make your smoking experience very uh, very very dry and cool so um, man grab a missouri pride corncob pipe from missouri Mearsham. Uh, you can get them straight from the source at corncobpipe.com again they retail for only five dollars and 39 cents and uh man you can pick up one for yourself and, and grab a couple for your buddies too that's the best way to do it. Hey, if you are smoking a uh, Missouri Mission pipe this week, be sure to take a picture of yourself doing so and uh, tweeting that out. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mission know we appreciate them for sponsoring the show. Pipe, pipe question, question of, of the, the week. week. Pipe question of the week this week coming in from listener Mike. He says, JD and Bo, I only recently discovered your podcast. I've been binge listening and loving it. What are your suggestions for rehydration? I was given a bunch of tobacco from a gentleman who bought a pipe, developed TAD, and then decided he didn't want to smoke a pipe anymore. And John David, TAD is... That is tobacco acquisition disorder. (laughs) (laughs) And so this gentleman who decided he didn't want to smoke a pipe anymore uh, went through a period apparently where he procured uh, quite a bit of tobacco and... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and needed to do something with it, and so our friend Mike was the uh, was the beneficiary of that. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice nice uh, well not not necessarily a nice problem to have, but a nice problem for your friend to have. No, that's right. Uh, for, that's to right. be the friend thereof, yeah. He said I used uh, I used slice of potatoes based on suggestions I found online, and it worked amazingly well. I worked uh, it worked quickly, and tobacco smoked wonderfully. What are some other methods? Do you have any suggestions for maintaining a good hydration level on tobacco? Uh, you have opened and are currently smoking. Thanks for your entertaining and educational shows. We pass through Jackson most years en route to our, on our vacation destination. And this year, I plan on making a stop. Again, that is from listener Mike. So dehydration or rehydration rather. Yeah, no, that's right. Rehydration, uh, you know, keeping your uh, tobacco moist and fresh. Um, you know, it's something we visited regularly on the show. Um, you know, uh, obviously you get these older tobaccos. They have probably lost some of their uh, you know, taste and aroma, uh, just because they've, they have dried out a little bit, but, uh, you know, if they, if they haven't been kept properly, you know, but, it, mm. you know, the best way, uh, if you're going to do this, uh, you know, uh, long-term, uh, you know, you ask what is the you know best way to maintain good hydration, uh, keep it in a mason jar, keep that joker tightly sealed with your hand, 
just tighten it real real tight. Um, make sure you've got a jar that's not uh, much larger than the uh, than the amount of tobacco that you have, just so there's a little bit of air, but not too much air. Um, you know, other things that a lot of people use, the little pouch moistener buttons that uh, you put some water, or, you know, preferably distilled water on, uh, and then put that in your in your tobacco can uh, or, or pouch or jar. Uh, that'll kind of, you know, introduce a little bit of moisture. The only thing about those, you want to be careful, uh, you know, every once in a while, take it out, kind of toss the tobacco around and put it back in there. Sometimes with those things, the the area right around the pouch, the moist, pouch moistener can get moist, but then the rest of the uh, tobacco will not be. And so uh, you kind of want to evenly distribute that. But, um, you know, uh, uh, to keep tobacco moist, some folks, you, you mentioned a slice of potato. I've seen people use uh, apple slices before. They put the apple slice uh, in their bag of tobacco and it kind of uh, keeps it fresh and, and moist. Um, you know, as far as rehydrating old tobacco, um, lots of different ways. Uh, I, I literally have uh, customers that just take a, a bottle of water and just spritz the spritz the tobacco they'll spread it out on a paper towel and kind of spritz no it and, no and then, no come uh, on man don't, don't share that i literally do yep and I, it, you I, know, I, just because someone does it does not mean it's a good good it happens to pass happens on. all the time it, <laughs> it, it people people do it all the time yeah i mean <sighs> it, it, it works you know um yeah just kind of spritz the tobacco with a little water toss it uh you know let it dry out that's one way to do it uh you know some folks will uh take like a warm uh, you know, moist cloth and spread it, you know, put the tobacco maybe on a bowl and spread that moist cloth uh, that's that's warm over the bowl, kind of let that, uh, you know, just heat absorb a little bit and get that uh, sweat into the tobacco some. Um, and, and that's that's one way to do it as well. Uh, you know, if you've listened to Country Squire Radio long enough, you, you'll, you've will you you've heard my method that I actually stole from Russ Hicks, um, uh, another longtime listener, and that is... Um, I actually just breathe over the tobacco as I'm loading it into the bowl. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll kind of slowly, uh, as I'm packing, uh, before I pack the bowl, I'll put the tobacco in my in my hand, and I'll put my mouth right up over the tobacco, and I'll just breathe into it for about 30 seconds. Just, you know, kind of get that that hot, moist breath kind of on the on the tobacco. And then I'll do that a little bit more with each pinch of the tobacco going into my pipe. Um, and, and frankly, it works, it works fine for me. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, it, it seems to work just as good as any other method for me. So, um, anyway, just some different options for you, but, um, yeah, good luck, man. And uh, congratulations on your, uh, you know, great, uh, new tobacco stash. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, earlier this year, I guess it was actually late last year. Now that I think about it. Um, I kind of went on, a, uh, you know, kind of a, a scientific uh, exploration of the various methods of yeah. uh, how to uh, revive tobacco, mostly because I found a bunch of frogmorton that I didn't know I had and so it was dry as a bone and I wanted to make sure that I was able to, to revive it. And, um, you know, honestly, you know, like you said, the, the breathing meth- method that, uh, that you and, and Russ recommend, I think is really solid. I think it works really well in a pinch. One thing that I had done was I have a, a pour over coffee uh, what do you call those things? Chemexes? I think that's what yeah. you call them. Yeah, Chemex. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would boil some water, put, uh, pour the water just into the Chemex, and then in uh, take the coffee pouch, but put the pipe tobacco in it and lay it on top of it so that the steam would rise up and, and hydrate the pipe tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a pretty good, pretty good method with it. Now, what I would do also is I would kind of like uh, twist it at the top so it wasn't necessarily, you know, very open so that the moisture could kind of get trapped inside yeah um but yeah and i i i had a very you know i i (laughs) i think it was probably more involved than it needed to be uh to be honest i think you know when it's all said and done there are easier methods out there however i found the process very enjoyable (laughs) (laughs) it's like any any way to kind of like extend my enjoyment of the fact that i have this frog morton (laughs) i'm about to smoke Uh, as with so many things with the pipe uh you know a lot of the enjoyment is the uh is the process right absolutely if you didn't enjoy the process (laughs) of the ritual you'd you'd, you know you'd be smoking a cigar not at all so i mean like you know right (laughs) it's just it's just not that's just part of it but anyway so uh, we'd love to hear what you end up doing mike and uh, if you use these let us know how it works out for you and hey if you've got a pipe question of the week be sure to send those in show at countrysquireradio.com again that is show at (laughs) countrysquireradio.com Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire question, Joe! Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions coming in from Pastor <laughs> Joda, all the way from Dagobah. 
Uh, here's what Pastor Joda <laughs> writes. So these these are the parenting edition. Okay. Yeah. Now that uh, now that we are both members of the uh, the Fathers Club, the, uh, the parenting club, <laughs> we are okay. So a, a lot of these are going to be uh, probably crazy, and it's like, which one would you rather, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yep. All right. Here we go. Would you rather uh, middle of the night feeding or diaper disaster? Wow. Uh, man. Uh, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with diaper disaster because uninterrupted sleep nowadays <laughs> is so precious, man. It is so so precious. I yeah. I I, I don't know. I is is that diaper disaster as bad as it can be? I'd probably go with that over midnight middle of the night feeding. Um, I don't know. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get that. I really do get that. That being said, though, I, I, I got in a. I can't remember exactly what the method we figured out was, and I mean it was midway through the, um, you know, feeding of our second child. But like, I, I think we like split up the night so that if if the kid woke up bef- like between going to bed and midnight, she got her, and if it was after midnight, then I got her. But I think it yeah. may have been the other way around. Um, but once we figured out what that sweet spot was, I would do that any, any time. Cause basically it's like you wake up, you play video games, uh, and you're cool. It, it, <laughs> it works out uh, very, very well. But, um, but yeah. And then diaper disaster, especially is, especially once you get into like actual food, man, those diapers get rough. Those yeah. See, I hadn't gotten rough. there yet. So ask me again in six months. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> all right. Bedtime stories. Do you go with made up or read from a book? Uh, read from a book. I, I don't know. There's something really um, pleasant about, you know, opening the little book and going over the little pictures, even though, you know, your uh, daughter can't understand any of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I go with uh, read from a book. I am all about the made up stories, man. I love I love making up stories. Uh, my girls have uh, come to to enjoy the adventures of Little Jack, a cat that lives on a little island out by the sea who uh, loves fishing and, and going on uh, exploratory <laughs> adventures. As well as uh, the adventures of Captain Redwing, who uh, is uh, and and the mysterious Blue Feather, who uh, who have fallen in love as they combat the uh, treacherous Captain Jorvik on the the, the seven seas. So. I am so thankful for my very creative friend. That's all I. Have to say. <laughs> <laughs> now the kids seem to enjoy it. Uh, he says, uh, "When when it's playtime with Dad, do you go with Legos or action figure playsets?" Uh, you know, we hadn't really gotten to that part yet. Uh, you know, with with her, she's more in the uh, you know, bigger, you know, rattly, you know, b- b- toy kind of things. But uh, I, my guess is it'll be more Legos because I really like building stuff. Okay, so <laughs> I would have thought that too at your stage as well. <laughs> right. Right. However. Now that we're in the Lego stage, <laughs> I love the building stuff, but then they always break it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, don't we, do that. <laughs> we got it. We got Did you see the thing? And it's got a laser and, and no, now it's been torn apart and turned into a weird misshapen canoe, which is fine because it's for them. It's not not for me. It's <laughs> it's for them. Uh, and then when they but I will say that when uh, my oldest was at y'all stage uh, and she was starting to crawl around and such, we um, I had. When, when we were playing together, I had to, you know, you, you got to do what you can to kind of to, to stay in the game. Right. So I had a yeah. very, like, very, uh, um, I, I, what's the right word? Fully fleshed out, like lore and narrative behind all of the various toys in a room that were at war <laughs> with each other. And like, there was this duck that was like this, this, or there was this chicken who was trying to be like the dictator of a room. And, uh, the chicken had his sidekick, which was the duck, and the duck was actually gonna like, you know, come in behind him. And there was a cow that was actually like a robotic cybernetic cow because I used some of those big <laughs> Legos to like uh, give him like a, a robotic arm. And oh then there gosh. was it was a time traveling city, but it's not like the city traveled. It was like tra- time traveled around the city or something like that. I can't remember exactly how it worked. And then there was a portal to the past. And so at one point, the duck used the portal to go into the past, then they recuperate or recruit a bunch of army from the past to bring him to the future. But two existences could not exist at the same time. So if they destroyed or closed down the wormhole, then everything would destroy around them. But then there was a monkey that was like yellow and had like chaos magic. And then he ended up in the world that was going to be destroyed. And so he kind of became the world. And then he was like a source, like a chaos source. And um, then she started being able to talk. And then, 
And then it just kind of became about princesses. So where, and, uh, where do you get your drugs? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I, you know, wherever you get them, like, I, I don't know, maybe in a moment of weakness, I need to get that guy's number. No, man. You know, <laughs> you know when people say they got that natural high? Yes, that's me, my friend. That, that is, is me. man. That is, when I think of you, I think of natural high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and then finally, answer to the inevitable kindergarten uh, uh, questions uh, of why is it because I said so or actually try to explain it? I'll try to explain it. Yeah, that's the way to go. I will say I, I on occasion, especially with my youngest lately, have been I found myself saying because I say so, but then I pause to, to unpack it. You know what I mean? Like it, it never it's never what I want the answer to be. And so I always try to like, you know, lean on the other of like trying to explain it because I don't think because I said so is a good enough answer. <laughs> if you're trying to teach your kids how to think reasonably. Um. Yeah, there you go. All right. Great questions from Pastor Joda. And uh, hey, if you've got uh, some questions for us, be sure to send those in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com is the place to do it. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Your thoughts, your comments. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. This was a, a sent in from Clark Fox. Again, he is a new Squire patron. Uh, he wrote in saying, glad to have found your show, new pipe smoker, and I've actually gotten a lot out of the tobacco talk, not just the reviews, as well as the friendly sense of community. Uh, here's a bit of coin to help out the show. Keep doing what you're doing. It's much enjoyed and appreciated. Again, that is Clark uh, from South Carolina. So shout out to uh, to Clark Fox out there. In, Man. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. South Carolina. It's North Augusta in South Carolina. That is North Augusta, South Carolina, and that is from (laughs) Clark, who is a new Squire patron. Wonderful. Yeah, man. And then also we got an iTunes review in from uh, Sandollars23. What does Sandollars have to say? Feels like hanging with family. I'm about halfway through the catalog and have learned so much from you guys. Uh, It is very clear how dedicated Bo is to making the show a quality production. The flow and sound is perfect. The topics are relevant and informative. JD is one of the most genuine personalities on any podcast today. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy the show, and you guys' love for what you do makes this uh, one of my favorites. Uh, On a side note, I discovered your blends through this podcast, and I can say without reservation that they are top-shelf quality, and several of them are are in my regular rotation. I called in the other day and JD himself answered the phone. (laughs) I responded to him like he was an old and very good friend and he greeted me in kind, even uh, though he didn't uh, uh, know me from Adam. (laughs) Keep up the great work and never go off uh, let's see. Keep up the great work and never go off this air, uh, man. And that's from Sand Dollars Twenty Three. Man, uh, great. Thank you so much, number one, for listening, and then uh, of course ordering. And I it, just so everyone knows, I did not, uh, you know, pay this person to uh, talk kindly about our tobacco. <laughs> but uh, man, I'm, I'm glad you glad you called in, and uh, glad you caught me on a good day where I was actually kind on the phone, and uh, you know, didn't just uh, you know get off the phone with one of those uh, telemarketers. So, <laughs> oh, whatever, man. I have seen you in like the worst. Yeah attitude but then you pick up the phone and you're like good afternoon the country wire <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, lifetime of codependency baby I, just, <laughs> just get it done <laughs> oh man no you know we've talked about it before but it is a i think it's something that's unique to this show that i don't think we fully uh realized going into it but because you know the show is 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 you know tied to the shop and because the shop has a phone number that is like publicly available listeners yeah. can literally call you at any time yeah and they do, <laughs> yeah. Which is which is pretty pretty great. So that's uh, that's fun, man. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much for those kind words. And hey, um, both in both of these situations, I love this listener feedback because not only is it uh, extremely uh, gracious and wonderful listener feedback, but the two methods are like the best ways to help support the show. Of course, uh, heading over to iTunes and writing us those reviews are are wonderful. It doesn't cost you a dime to do it, but if you are able to spend a couple of dimes to help out uh, support the show, heading over to Patreon.com/slash/CountrySquireRadio and joining the Pipe Club is an awesome way to do it. Uh, highly encourage y'all to, to do that because we we could not and would not be doing the show without you. So uh, that is huge. You know, I already mentioned at the top of the show, but again, I want to give a shout out to uh, Nate from uh, the Backlog Breakdown Podcast for having me on. Uh, I want, and I make mention of this again for, for this reason. At the end of his show, he asked me to do a Squire Select style pipe tobacco pairing with video games. Wow. Um, you can do anything. <laughs> you, that's what I'm saying, man. You really can. And I mean, like, if they're doing it, you know, if 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 if, if they asked me to pair pipe tobacco yeah, with video games. Take it easy now. Take it I know, easy. I'm, not, I'm not just saying. I'm just saying take anything's possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> uh, I did do, um, what did I do? I think I did Rivendell with, um, 
with Halo because uh, it's a, it's such a crowd pleaser as is Halo. And with my favorite, I know, I know, with my favorite game, uh, Sea of Thieves, I did um, I did Frogmorton, but I also did uh, uh, Treasure Island just because that is uh, delicious as well. Well. At least you picked some good tobaccos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was good. It was good. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, again, shout out, uh, big thanks there. Uh, and hey, and you can keep up with us throughout the week. You can follow us on the Twitters. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. At Squire Radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. All right, man, this was good. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, I had, I had a good time. It was uh, you, you never know what you'll learn about uh, something seemingly so simple like uh, like ebonite or vulcanite or the thing you put in your mouth when you smoke your pipe. And uh, yeah, we're, we're glad we could uh, shed a little light on it. It's always very interesting when we revisit topics that we talked about in the early days, because on, you know, on the one hand, it's like, well, we did talk about this. But on the, the other hand, it's like, well, that was you know, like six or seven years ago. And, you know, your knowledge has increased since then. And, and my knowledge, eh, eh, my experience has increased <laughs> since then. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, give yourself more credit. Well, you know, we can bring more of a discussion around it, yeah, but at the sure. same time, it also kind of feels like, well, we already talked about it. It seems like, why would we go back to it? So I love when we get, <laughs> when it comes specifically from a listener, because it is, it gives kind of that, that free range excuse to revisit an older topic. And so, uh, you know, if, if there is something that we talked about in the past that you would love us to revisit, by all means, send that into the show and uh, help make the show happen through that. That uh, means as well. But until then, John David, let's go have a day. See you, brother. See you, brother.